I am unashamed. What about you? So we're back on the shame podcast. I'm still at the Southern Lair um, down here at my place in Gulf Shores. Um, Jace, you had all your family in. How had that go? We it's did. First time they kind of been back to. You know, I don't, I don't get in on the scheduling of all these activities. That I guess my wife is in charge of that. But I look up, and you know, every time the family comes in, or we all get together, it's, it's like we're doing some kind of, you know, retreat or like we're at a camp. And it's, but I'm like, where's the schedule? It's like we're going here. Because she's like, hey, we're leaving it in 530. This was on Friday afternoon. I was like, oh, okay. Well, I never asked where we were going. I went to one of, Phil, you, you, this is, I got, you'll get a kick out of this. So I actually went, I got in a vehicle with my family, and we went to a gender reveal party. Yeah, I feel terrible about missing that. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was my first one and uh you know, I didn't know if it was if if in the in the Christian world this is a response to the confusion that seems to be going on in our culture about what gender they are or you know, just gender issues. So now what they do is this was so people close to us, you know, the woman she's pregnant, you know, everybody's happy. And but people want to know is this a boy or a girl? So they we get together, they have a meal, and that, that, that's what we did. So here was the problem from my perspective. So because I was kind of bewildered with what's going on, I mean, I look, they, they, had a, they had prime rib on the grill, so I thought, well, this will be good. So then he said, okay, we're ready. So we all go outside. So the couple, they get out there, and they had what looked like a, uh, like a some kind of canister in their hands. And now I was looking around because I wasn't sure what was fixing to happen. And everybody had their <laughs> phones up. And so they were giving a little speech. We're, we're thankful, you know, for all our family and friends here to support us. Well, then they, like, pump this canister and i would say it was the equivalent to a small bomb going off i mean i jumped <laughs> all the babies started crying i mean this thing was loud and so then people started hollering and i said well wh which is it is it a boy or a girl and missy said the the color of the confetti it was blue that means it's a boy I said, well, you might should have told me that. I didn't know what the choices were, and I didn't know what they were doing. So when the confetti blew out blue confetti, that meant it's a boy. That's why everybody was hollering. But I didn't get in on the payoff because I didn't know. So I said, well, so if it had been, what, pink, it's a girl? And they said, exactly. Uh, I try to stay out of... <laughs> That type <laughs> gatherings. <laughs> I don't like canisters blowing up. And I mean, it was it was confetti to show me a point. Yeah, I didn't know this was a thing. And how did you? Were you aware that people do this? I was. I've seen it. In fact, there's been some. Um, it's interesting because you know you do this enough. There's been some mishaps. Uh, I, I, there was one out in California, and the thing blew up. And wound up starting a fire. 
<laughs> and everybody's running in every direction. I mean, it's not funny, I'm sure, for them. But, I mean, nobody got hurt. But, like, so sometimes now there's been enough of these happen around the country, Jace, that there's that when the mishaps happen, they become the viral videos of so the mishap point was gender. for celebration of life, though. It was. Look, I, I'm, it was. I'm down with it. I was just, you know, what made me think we're in Mark where all these people are gathering up and Jesus, he's doing things. And there's a lot of people, they're uncomfortable with what's going on in the gathering. They're bewildering. He's like, what's going on? But I literally was the what's going on. And Missy's like, you've never seen this? I was like, no. You know, why didn't they just say it's a boy? But they're like, it. I, that's why I said maybe it's a response. We're celebrating that, hey, you know what? It's a boy. Okay. We can know. Yeah. I mean, Which I, actually I, I, I enjoyed it. It's a good thing. But it just seemed like uh, it, it was, it was, uh, it's a new thing that's going on. I thought you would, you, you'd like to know. I mean, we ate good and I thought, was there, what else is going to happen? No, it was pretty much fire off the canister, announce that it's a boy. Take the pictures, do all that, have a nice meal, and then I was like, "Well, what's next?" And Mister's like, "Well, that's it. We're we're you ready to go?" I was like, "Well, yeah." That's yeah it. Were they all these Christian people? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I didn't. There was a lot of there was a lot of people there. There were some people there I did not know, but this thing was like it doesn't matter about believers or not because this is people been doing this all around the world. And it actually predates, Jace. It's been going on for a while now. It predates some of this gender stuff. So it's just a way to, I, I'm like, Dad, it's a good thing. It, it celebrates that one yeah. is we can know, we, we do know what gender is, and that also it's a celebration of life. But you know, it's interesting, Jace. So you were doing that. I was at a dinner party down here with our old pal, Chef Chris, who, man, I, I never know what he's going to cook, but he's a chef. And so it's always going to be delicious. And so we had New York strips, and man, he had all these great dishes and you know with a chef the difference in them and us because i can cook a steak you can cook a good steak jay so i mean we can cook some good food but they always got that sauce you know that's something you pour over it that just really makes it sing and that's what he did but we're so we're there and we're like eating the appetizers he's cooked for us and his his daughters are there and all of a sudden one of them says up oh, it's it's i think she said real time it's real time. she gets an alert on her phone and so apparently either once or twice a day, this is a new thing. Apparently it's a fad. They were all into it, but I'd never heard of this before. So your phone gives you an alert. And within the next two minutes, you've got to hold your phone up and take a selfie of what you're doing. And it takes a picture of you and what you're doing. But then it also takes a picture of everybody else in the room. This is what the app does. So, I don't know what, what it means, but twice, once or twice a day, you're supposed to stop and let everybody know that's on this app what you're doing in that moment. And I think they called it real time, but it was something Believe like, it have you not, heard of this? It comes off of that cell phone. You just got to remember, Al, uh, uh, I've never purchased a cell phone, so I may be missing out on some key areas. Yeah, where are we at with that? Are you ever going to do that? No. No. Okay. You have vowed a, I mean, a life of phone celibacy. I mean, two times a day you have to get into your schedule that somebody's going to say, what are you doing? Well, but, I, 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 but Al, that's, believe it or not, now I didn't know we were having 
gender identification parties, but I, I have heard of that. And the reason they did it, from my understanding, is because on all these other social media platforms, these people use uh, filters and airbrushes, and, and, and a lot of people are just, it's not even them. They're, they're, they're putting a picture out that's not them. So the idea of, of the social media site to do this was this is unfiltered, authentic. It's a they're really going off. Uh, uh, they're really going after authenticity. So and if you my film daughter yourself, was trying, you film yourself from time to time. It shows that you're behaving. Is that what? No, it just shows this is really who I am. Because you got to remember the problem I have with social media, and the reason this this will probably be successful is because you're people are given a portrayal of themselves. Kind of like the Pharisees. <laughs> it's just <laughs> this is the image you want to portray is what you go with. I got you. And so they say, well, in order to get around that, we're gonna pick a random time twice a day. This is the only time you post and you don't know when it is. And I think you have sixty seconds to do it. Yeah, two minutes. You got two two minutes. minutes. Okay, you have two minutes to do it. Because they're going to feel, they're going to take the pictures and they're going to post because the phone, whether you like it or not, has become a part of the physical anatomy of people's makeup. It, yeah. I, I, it, it is I'm right beside ears, to, eyes, and nose. I'm not and my prepared phone. to, to uh, endorse something that, that I just, well, I'd rather have endorsing I'd it. rather have quietness, tranquility. And without without any fanfare, I just I just be... I, I I think it's interesting now that even the world is wanting some authenticity. But go ahead. Now that's that's true. That's a great. That's actually a great application. So, Dad, you'll love my joke. So so they looked at me and they were like, "Have you never heard of this?" And I said, "No, I I had literally never heard of it." I said, "No, I hadn't even heard of this." I said, "But you know who loves it?" And they were like, "Who?" And I said, "My dad." And so it was about it was like a beat, and two or three people said, "Really." Like, you know, they were so shocked that you would have been into this. And then somebody else just busted out laughing because I was obviously being sarcastic. But it, I waited a beat. I didn't give anything away. And then, of course, everybody started laughing because it's like, can you imagine Phil twice a day stopping what he's doing to take a picture of himself and everybody in the room? I'm not prepared for that. <laughs> but it made me think I sure want to ask him about it on the podcast because it's funny. <laughs> at 56 maybe but 76 no i don't believe you i don't i think at 56 you'd have said no but it's a thing maybe it's, at 16 maybe yeah i think 16 is probably a yep. better accurate illustration yep well, so since we since we had two things, Jay's two big dinner parties, I guess it gets us back to our our text in Matthew chapter two because Jesus had the big dinner party with all the sinners, uh, and I put that sinners in quote because really they were all sinners, but only half of the group there recognized who they were. But that's going to lead into and the way you you brought it up in the last podcast and we talked about it in overtime was the the we need a scandal uh, sermon. This is the first of three of Jesus' scandals here. The first one was that he's eating with tax collectors, which was a was a no can do and a don't ever do for the 
for the good Jews that you know felt themselves self righteous. Which is and that's going to lead in which is yeah. true. Al, look, when grace, when great, I'll give you a profound statement. When grace, when grace creates a scandal in your church, you may be in the wrong place. I mean, because that's what happened here. Now, granted, that's why I said when we read tax collectors and sinners, when you think mafia, because I think that was a a really good picture in your mind. If you see the supposed leader of your religious institution out there hanging out with this riffraff in a party like atmosphere, the last thing you're going to be thinking is this is anything religious or good. And so one of the things that was missing in Judaism and the following of these practices was grace. Another thing was missing was a relationship with God. But you know, if you're the creator of the universe. I would add, uh, it would be one of the few places where you see people of all backgrounds that love each other. <laughs> well, yeah. Come together as a group of humanity That's there. That's true. When, I mean, that's a, that's an excellent thought. When, when, Love being shown towards other people, if that causes a scandal in your church. You know, if a group yeah. of individuals come together like that, it turned into a scandal. The The reason was they they looking around saying, well, they don't think like we do, so what are we doing with them? I mean, it's, uh, I mean, humanity is to bring them together with true love for one another is a giant step that's needed. But yeah. uh, it's rare. I mean, but, look at all of what they've done to that. I mean, everything is, you're a racist if you don't do this or don't do that. You're this, you're that, you're that. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. You say, why don't, why don't we all come together and uh, just human beings? You know, well, there was a story in Luke, Phil, in Luke 18, 9, and I think it goes into with the Hang theme. on, Jace. Before you read that, let's take a break. So we talk a lot about the pro-life movement uh, on our podcast because we're also engaged. And we have different ways of doing that. Uh, Jace is currently um, you know, fostering a, a child and, uh, and has also, you know, others in our family have adopted children. These are all part of the pro-life movement because it's, it's more than just saving a baby in the womb. It's also trying to provide a way uh, for these babies to live and to thrive. And so that's all part of uh the pro-life movement, which I, I think is probably in as good a shape as it's ever been because it's, there's so much pro-love in that pro-life. And one of the organizations is uh, that we love that sponsors the podcast is 40 Days for Life. We've had Sean Carney, who's their CEO, on our podcast a couple of times. They, they have a million volunteers in over a thousand cities around the world, and they have what they call peaceful vigils where they're just praying. Uh, they're praying that you know, women won't choose abortion. They're, they're praying that women won't even show up uh, to abort babies. And so it's having a huge effect. It's changing hearts. It's changing minds. And we fully support this organization and so glad that they're supporting our podcast. So we're asking you to check out their locations where they are uh, so you can volunteer and get involved. Check out their podcast, uh, which is great information. They also have a free magazine at 40daysforlife.com that keeps you updated on how abortion is ending in a post-Roe America, which is what we've been praying for for 50 years. So that's 4040daysforlife.com. Check them out.
think it goes into what we're discussing, but in Luke 18, 9, it says, to some who were confident of their own righteousness yeah. and looked down on everybody else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee, the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, mm -hmm. or even like this here tax collector. Speaking of making somebody feel uncomfortable, I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood up at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his chest and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man rather than the other went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. I mean, I just think it gives you the picture I think that that's of a, what's going on. A, a poignant whatever. Poignant. That a, that's, a, that, that's good observation, which is one of the reasons why you don't need to be checked on twice a week to see if you're up to no good or not. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because we're getting into this fasting section. And I mean, it's really interesting. You know, when the passage I just read where he said, I fast twice a week. Well, I, I looked that up and, you know, really the only time that, you know, people would, would fast at the most would be once a week. I mean, he threw that in twice as in. I'm going over and beyond what is required because I'm so righteous that, and you remember the section when Jesus got on the sermon on, on the Mount, when he picked those three things that we kind of do, we, when we give, he's like, don't be like the Pharisees who, you know, they want to have a pageantry about everything about look how much I gave. And when you fast, you, they disfigure their faces and, and say, so, I mean, what, he, what he's going at is this is coming off a party-type atmosphere, and these are the type of people who would go to a wedding, which is a celebration, but they're fasting. And they're like, do you want some of this prime rib? And they're like, well, no, I can't. I'm fasting because yep. I'm better than you. Yep. I'm more religious than you. I w I'm even denying myself the celebration here because I'm so holy. I think that's what was going on. Yikes. So, and the other thing was uh, praying. Remember when he said, don't stand on the street corner and, and go on about your prayers, but your father who sees what is done in secret in both cases, that's, you know, Matthew 6, I think it's 5 or 6, chapter 5 or 6. So I'm going to read this in Mark 2. 18, it says, Now John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Some people came and asked Jesus, Well, how is it that John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees are fasting, but yours are not? Jesus answered, How can the guest of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? They cannot, so long as they have him with them. But the time will come when the bridegroom groom will be taken from them and on that day they will not fast they they will fast yeah on that day they will fast yeah no one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment if he does the new 
piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. If he does, the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, he pours new wine into new wineskins. So it's an interesting analogy. And you say, what what in the world is, is going on here? But you see two groups that have collaborated. And look, you got to remember something. I think it's a key point here. Most of us assume that John's disciples, John the Baptist, would automatically put their faith and trust in Jesus because they were cousins and he prepared the way. But you're seeing right here that that's not necessarily the case. And it shouldn't shock you because where's that in Acts? Is it in 19 or 20 where... Now, this is after Jesus died and was buried and raised, and they're going around cheering Jesus, and they run up on a group of John's disciples who had never even heard of Jesus. So when you start putting it all together, you got to remember that the only way they would know, because John the Baptist preached for months and months and months out in the wilderness and all these, and you know, Jesus was only there on one day where he baptized him and all, but if you wasn't there that day, you might have just missed it. John the Baptist, because he took a Nazarite vow, you know, even before he was born. I mean, he was going to be very strict on food laws, on the idea of he never drank his whole life, you know, never took a drink because these Nazarite vows were super serious people. So he would have been, even though he was strange to, to, to the current leadership, when it came to stuff that they cared about, he was a model of, I mean, you talking about hold the line on what they thought was important. So mm-hmm. your point is well taken that the Pharisees would have viewed John pretty favorably and his disciples. But they, yeah. didn't they, conclude they didn't Jesus when he was drinking with the sinners, they did conclude that they, they said, the religious people, he has a demon. Jesus made the point. I mean, somebody as straight lined as him, and even then, they said he has a demon, and in that one pointed to Jesus. He's a liar, a drunkard, or whatever. He's yeah, well, about. we're going to get right. that into chapter three. We're going to get into this because, which I think, even to give you a preview of what's to come, in their minds, they were kind of stuck here because they're seeing these miracles. Well, how do you, how do you answer that? And and we're eventually, you know, there's a quote from uh, C.S. Lewis that has been said over and over again through through the years and, and I, I i think it's a great quote and he gets it in my opinion from mark chapter three because you basically form the opinion well either jesus is god lord of all or he's a a liar or he's a lunatic yeah but the problem with that logic is if you're not wanting to address him as Lord and and the Son of God, which is the problem here. Yep. Well, it, it you, you've got to explain how He's able to do these supernatural things. I mean, just think about it. So, one of the things that come up are they're like, well, He must have a demon, because then that at least gives you access to the spiritual world, and that's the power supernatural. Yeah. Because after a while, you're like, well, he's not a magician. I mean, at first you might think, well, this is all a trick. Yep. But you're looking at it. It's like, well, I mean, the hand, the guy's, we're fixed to read, the guy's hand is shriveled up. And then all of a sudden it's not. The dude had leprosy and then he, then he doesn't. The guy was paralyzed and now he's walking around carrying his mat. 
I mean, crazy people don't have that kind of power. And so they're like, well, he, he must be a liar. And so he's, and he's actually not after working. their money. He's not charging them yeah. anything. He, when he can't be just just some dude, how, how, how is he able? So that that's the narrative going on. So that's why all of a sudden they began attacking him because it made him feel really uncomfortable. You know, the first scandal was, all right, he's down there at the, at the cartel, you know, having a party. And you claim to be some kind of religious person. We know he's not that because he wouldn't be running around with them. Then all of a sudden they're like, well, you know what it is? Well, he's not fasting. So let, let's let's try to attack him on that. Well, then what is his answer? His basic response was, well, I'm here. The same as it was in chapter one. He said, the time has come. I, I'm here. You should be celebrating. <laughs> well, you, we can't celebrate because you're running around with the rip. Well, your friends are not welcome here, yep. which means you're not welcome here. That's you have right. no pedigree. You're quoting yourself, not some people that we res- respect. And so then scandal number two comes up, which is he's like, he tells this illustration. I love this because they're probably like, what's he talking about? But when you, when you, Think about who he's talking to and what he's saying. He's like, I didn't come here to patch your your little religious system. I, I, I'm not trying to put patches on that. I'm doing away with the whole thing and giving you a whole new way yeah. to go. Yeah. Well, you know, what do you... Just think if you went to a church building and they they want your opinion on what needs to be done. And the guy says, okay, fire everybody and burn the building and come with me. That's the equivalent of what he just said. Well, what he was saying. They're like, well, you, you, you're, you're demon possessed. I mean, are you, you think this old boy, it would make you mad if somebody came to your church and said, fire everybody, all the leadership, we're firing them because they're all sinners. I don't care what they're trying to portray. And we're burning the building, and we're we're going to go down the road and go out here and try to help, you know, the people that we should be helping, cartel members, prostitutes, and well, how many people you think would follow him? Probably not many. I mean, Al, is that? Well, do you agree, or that may be a no, I agree. little it, over it, the top, fact, but I think that's the way they no, perceived it. I, I agree, and I got a good illustration. But first, let's take a break. So one of our sponsors, Human In, has come up with a really unique product uh, called Tart Cherry Gummies. And um, they're really a great way to help reduce inflammation, uh, especially from your exercise or, you know, it kind of supports your metabolic health. Um, they, um, they're they c- clinically studied uh, from the extract, this tart cherry. They're up to 40 times more concentrated than many other tart cherry extracts in just two of these are the antioxidant equivalent of 16 ounces of tart cherry juice or 100 cherries. So really good, zero sugar, non-GMO. They're delicious. they got a whole team of scientists that have worked on this, and so uh, we recommend them. Uh, 100% satisfaction guarantee. You can try them risk-free for 90 days and see how you feel. If you don't love them, send them back. No questions asked. So they're going to give you three months to check this product out. I think you'll love it. Right now, you can get up to 35% off tart cherry gummies plus free shipping at my 
mytartcherry.com slash Phil. So this is the best offer available anywhere. That's my mytartcherry.com slash Phil. 35% off all their gummies. Mytartcherry.com slash Phil. I agree. And what's ironic is is one of the men in on this discussion today, years ago, I don't know if you remember this, Dad, there was, we were going to renovate. We had to put a bunch of money into the building. It was falling in. We either got to put money in it, bulldoze it, something. And Dad, who's, you know, pretty young elder at the time, and I wasn't an elder yet, Dad said, fellas, I'll tell you what we need to do. We just need to just, let's get out of this building. We don't need a building anyway. We'll just meet down at the Civic Center. We'll rent someplace. He said, well, you know, we still need to meet. We meet in homes. We'll impact people for the kingdom. And then we won't have this collar of debt around our necks. And I just remember everybody looking at you like, that's insane. We can't we can't get rid of our building. <laughs> I mean, yep. this is this is where we meet. Yep. But do you remember that, Dad? You, you know, you were just looking at it totally practical, like, yeah, we could do this. We could just walk away. And so I think the illustration is I, I actually witnessed that. And the illustration is perfect because that's exactly Jay's, what he was saying. I'm not here. I'm here to introduce a whole new thing. Don't you think it's ironic, too, that he used a wedding feast, which was about the biggest celebration they would have in the first century, and wine as his two illustrations, which, by the way, just in terms of legalism, that's two things that they wouldn't be on board with either. So not only is he making a great illustration of the point, he's using the, the two festivity-related things. Because you remember his first miracle in John was turning water into wine at a wedding banquet. Yeah. And well, again, I'll, I'll and he even up. told her my time hadn't come. One of the exceptions to the required fast was a wedding. You could, yeah. you could like get a reprieve, which I was like, this is what happens when you're basing your whole existence on a bunch of rules. Cause then you could just schedule a wedding on the day of fasting. So you wouldn't have to fast, which shows you the problem with having a ritualistic type, uh, narrative for how you're basing your faith on. Cause you can always manipulate it. Cause look, when we, we get to the Sabbath, which is pretty much, you know, the, the last paragraph, but then it comes up again in chapter three. Well, that's what really made them mad because we're talking about they took the idea of the Sabbath, which when you read it in the Old Testament is you don't work on this on this day, this this seventh day. That's all it says. Plus now, now they added like- volumes and encyclopedias type of because then they they had a problem with trying to figure out well what exactly is work and so they made all these laws and traditions based on that idea and so what you see what jesus is doing by causing all these scandals he's taken all these these thousands of conversations and thousands of manifestos that they've come up with about on who you can associate on how you go about fasting and pray, all these these traditions and rules that we're implementing. And when it got to the Sabbath, they just went bonkers. Because, I mean, I, I was going to make a list of the most ridiculous and frivolous ideas that they had on what you couldn't do on the Sabbath. But look, there was so many to choose from about, you know, if you raise something up, then you couldn't 
put it in your other hand. You would have to raise it back down with the arm that you brought it up with. And like if you <laughs> went to eat an olive on the Sabbath and the olive was bad and you spit it out, then you would have to replace something like the olive, not in, in its entirety, in your mouth, because that would be work to make the situation to relieve yourself of the situation. And so they were, <laughs> they were getting into the design of what you then could put on your mouth, in your mouth after you spit out a bad olive where it wouldn't constitute work. And it becomes a tradition when we get, he keeps do, doing battle with them and, uh, and then performing all the miracles. But Isaiah was right. He said when he prophesied about you hypocrites, as it's written, these people honor me with their lips, and their, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. This is a few chapters in the future here we're going to go look at. Rules taught by men. You've let go of the commands of God and are holding on to the traditions of men. You have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your, your own traditions. You know, people who stay in a place of worship for a long time, in this case, we, we kind of wrestle with at least a thousand years. You give them a thousand year reign, individuals, Al, will come up with some of the most cockamamie things you ever heard of. And uh, things of uh, food, what you eat, these food laws, you know. Jesus told them, He said, You so dull? Don't you see that nothing enters a man from the outside can make him unclean? It doesn't go into his heart, but into his stomach then out of his body. In saying this, and just think about this, uh, in lieu of what was going on there, Jesus declared all foods clean. I mean, I mean, it was hard for him to swallow. But look, it's not even just a religious rule thing. Rule upon rule this, upon rule upon rule. It's, this is a mindset, because I got oh. three letters for you, Jason. You tell me if you agree. You see this in modern America. I've been dealing with this for the last three years down here in and Gulf Shores, H O A, yeah. Homeowners Association. The people voluntarily give other people control of what you can do with your house and your yard. It's unbelievable. And these people, you talk about legalists. They'll take one of these covenants for a neighborhood and they'll drive around. And if your grass wow. is one inch taller than it should be, you left your trash can out you you can't do this they're sending emails they're sending fines i told lisa i was like you find us a place where we can go in the one there's one rule no hoa yeah once you That's get where to I a rule-based system you get into thousands upon thousands upon thousands of situations yeah, they ran up and on that, me one time and some of my neighbors said are you gonna cut this grass i said the fall, fall weather, get it? It'll lay right down. <laughs> and they looked at me, and I just walked off, and they were looking at me mad. Well, I don't think you're HOA material. <laughs> well, I documented. I said, it'll, it'll go right down in the fall. I said, right now, it's pretty hang tall. On, hang on, Jace, because I want you to tell the story from the show. Let, let's take a break first. So if you want to know uh, what the left's real plan is for your kids, uh, just look at the reaction to the work that Patriot Mobile did in multiple school districts in Texas. It seems like they're kind of losing their mind. 
Uh, Patriot Mobile has been a longtime sponsor of our podcast, and they're America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider. But they're also a great force at work for conservative values. Um, they kind of they help fund conservative causes. They help fund candidates that believe in the sanctity of life, freedom of speech, the Second Amendment. And we're winning uh, with, with uh, companies like this. So Patriot Mobile has affordable plans for you, your family, even your business. They use the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers because they all use the major networks. Plus, they are conservative. Uh, and that helps you have those values uh, as you uh, use their product. PatriotMobile.com slash Phil is how you get it. Or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. You get free activation with the offer code Phil. And they have special discounts for veterans and first responders, which we love. So join their movement, make the switch, and a difference for tomorrow. PatriotMobile.com slash Phil, or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. Well, I've documented that with the show. I mean, they they literally came down and when you know, when the TV people heard I had a big riff with the other people in my neighborhood over these chickens they were like can we film that i'm like sure and it was so embarrassing for them because these are believers these are people in my family you know married in in who are running the hoa but they had so many rules which was basically you can't have any kind of farm animal running around in your yard but they eventually were so embarrassed by taking a look at at how their views were viewed upon by people in the world saying, saying that they were like, okay, well, all they did was make an amendment to that. Now you can, and they just called it organic because you eat things that do with chicken, the eggs or the actual chicken. And so then that idea trumped, the idea of somebody, I guess, just being offended because you had a chicken running in your yard. Because that's what I kept saying. I was like, why does my chicken running around in my yard, Why? how is that bothering you? <laughs> well, it came down to that I finally got them to admit it. They just didn't like the visual of that. That didn't seem sophisticated enough. It seemed to uh there was what? a lot of that going on here. On the episode, Jay's you go you they have a HOA meeting, you have this impassioned William Wallace speech about liberty and freedom, and it was it was great. And well, then I my got favorite it from the actual speech that I gave the original HOA. <laughs> exactly. So what I loved about the scene was that mom thought it was a eating gathering, so she brings like a she prepared some food. And she takes it in there and, you know, that was kind of part of the joke of it. And so y'all are, dad is like, well, let's get out of here. You know, we're leaving. And mom goes back in and gets her food. She said, I'm not leaving my food for these people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was really funny. But, but I anyway, think that, it's a, what, that, that's what Jesus is tearing down these walls. And, uh, and look, it's difficult to have this going on for thousands of years. And then, you know, you're not hearing from God for the 400 years. And then here comes Jesus. And he's just turning this whole system on its head and it's causing rage, anger, plots to kill him. And I want to I want to go ahead and get into the Sabbath part because I think it piggybacks. So before fight. you do that, I want to make one point before we leave the fasting. It shows you how people are because because like they made an assumption 
about Jesus because they weren't following their little pattern. But here's what's interesting. You know, back when we first started the book in Mark chapter one, it, uh, he doesn't mention it, but we know it from the other uh, um, gospels. Jesus fasted for 40 days and nobody knew it except for him when he went out there in the wilderness. So here's a guy you're saying, why didn't he fast? You know, like us and on our little one day a week, our little program we have, what they didn't know was the son of God had already gone out in the wilderness, fasted for 40 days, which is un, almost unheard of and well, took they, on the devil. Yeah. Well, they had them when I looked at the history of, of this and it was a tradition, I think 40 was the max, but they had fast for one day, two day, three day, seven day, 21 day. And I think 40 was the, I mean, you, if you want to be the holy of holies, they, they had a 40 day fast program, which is, I think why Jesus did the 40 days. And look, they, and fasting is, is a good thing. I, even today, I, I, I think it's a good thing where you're, you know, you've, you've, you're, you focus on the sacrifice that and brokenness that you're enduring, but it, it helps you in meditation and, you know, on earth and, and provides clarity. I, I'm not against fasting, and I encourage people to do it. But what they were doing was using it. They were using this ritual. It had an emptiness about it because they're now attaching the, what you're doing as far as rituals attached to who you are in your your holiness or the lack thereof so that's what's wrong with this system because then you're always oppressing people because you're like well you're not as good as us because look at your group how come they're not fasting our groups are better fasters than you are therefore what therefore we are more righteous than you at some point the ones that uh, are shaking their head saying what in the world's going on it is a system of works never works no it don't it don't because it does the opposite of what you said earlier it doesn't enable you to love that's right each other or forgive or extend grace all the things that jesus brought so i mean jesus is saying here look it's time to celebrate because i'm here but the problem is the only people that are celebrating are the the cartels and the prostitutes and these few fishermen <laughs> and you got a tax collector. Well, these are the, they're like, well, there must be something wrong with this. And so that's why I think, you know, people, a lot of people say, well, this, well, how does this apply today? Oh, it applies today. Uh, like what we were experienced yesterday. A lot of people have been going to church their whole life. You know, where, where we were at yesterday, Al, here's a bunch of people trying to get off drugs, a bunch of drunkards, it was a rough crowd. I mean, it was a rowdy, rough crowd. And they had all gathered up. They had had a weekend retreat. And this was kind of the the cherry the on capper. top here, you know. And, yep. and and above all that, you've got a former gang member who's been incarcerated as the preacher. Well, I guarantee you, some of these people who have been sitting in the same pew for 20 years, they probably went out there and there was somebody sitting in their pew so they're already uncomfortable already because I'm not sure how this is going down, but well, I'm not sure holiness can be attained if I have to sit in a different spot than where I've sat for the last <laughs> 20 years. And all of a sudden, there are people hollering out randomly for seemingly no reason, like like so loud and make you jump. And it was just really emotional. It was real passionate. 
you know, a couple of the songs had a rock feel to them, you know, as in this is rock music with Jesus lyrics. I don't know about that. So, I mean, if you weren't prepared for it, it would really make you uncomfortable. (laughs) It just didn't seem like a, a, you know, a religious type gathering. But so what I'm saying is after what I'm reading here, it would be incorrect to start making judgments and assessments based on that, based on what I'm reading here. That's correct. Because I mean, that's a, no, it's a that's a great illustration. Let's take our last break. So, Jace, um, you and I have talked before about the uh, the power of counseling, especially in family situations. I mean, you guys have had some uh, great results of family counseling, haven't you? Yeah, I mean, it's a great way for you to air out and figure out what the problem is and how to move forward. Sometimes I I just call it a guide, you know, someone that guides you. Everybody wants to get to a good place, but sometimes you just don't know quite how to get there. And a counselor can really do that. Uh, One of our sponsors is a group called Faithful Counseling. Uh, and we love it because what 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 happens here is this is an online way to be because you can't always find a good counselor. If you don't know somebody, you don't have somebody in your area. Uh, but these guys are online. Everything is secure. Uh, they're going to match you with a counselor. It's going to help you. Uh, it's a really good process. And we really want to encourage you, especially if you're going through some issues that you just can't quite get resolved. So check these guys out. FaithfulCounseling.com slash unashamed. You're going to get professional faith-based counseling that you deserve. They've even got a special code uh, for podcast listeners. Right now, you get 10% off your first month at faithfulcounseling.com slash unashamed. That's faithfulcounseling.com slash unashamed. Thanks again to Faithful Counseling for sponsoring this episode. Look, Jesus, Jesus people that are, are converted, look, they're messy. People out of the yeah. world are messy, and they're they don't know the rules in quotation marks. They don't know the ritual. They don't know because they're not they're viewing this as a building where we're all gathered, but they're not viewing this as a you know a, as some kind of place where you need to have a certain decor. They just throw that on its head. But to me, that's part of what you do when you're bringing people to Christ. Yeah, I think it's look, a great what, illustration. Are, are, there, are there a few people going over the top and being disruptive? Yes. Is it to be expected? You know, take somebody who's never been in the church building in all his life, and his life's a wreck, and he gets excited about Jesus. Look, you see all kinds of things. You know, they had a little bell on the on the cross, and they the invitation was you go up and ring the bell. What I thought was funny is the first person who go who goes up, and there were many that were fixed to do it, was so excited about it that they broke the bell. Well, now what? Because that was going to be what we all do. But the first person rang it so hard that they broke it. <laughs> and I thought, this is what happens when you get people out of the world. They're like, no, I'm not going to ring it. I'm going to break it. So <laughs> let me read this next section now. And it's quite yeah, lengthy. Yeah, I want you to read I, that in this last section so we can uh, flesh it out a little bit. I more. feel like we need to read it because although it seems – uh non-applicable to today I'm, I'm telling you it's the same thing that you're seeing in these other scandals and it's so you know it applies to even what we're going through today so in verse 23 it says one sabbath jesus was going through the grain fields 
And as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. The Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Now, remember, I've already told you that all it said in the Old Testament is you don't you don't work. You take that day off. So they've attached some amendments to this and said, you can't walk along in a field and pick some heads of grain off because that constitute work. Well, this wasn't what they normally do. These were fishermen, and, and you, you know where it's headed. They were hungry. He answered, have you never read? Now, he didn't say that. He, he brings out an example in the Old Testament. I think it's 1 Samuel 21, and you can read the story. Haven't you read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. So Jesus has brought up an obscure story that they were probably aware of, that they probably avoided because they couldn't make sense of it, to answer the question. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Now look, when he said this, you're talking about a scandal. This is the worst possible thing, because these people have devoted their lives to getting the rules of the Sabbath right. And for him to come up with some kind of story where these guys were hungry and then all of a sudden he's like gave them a principle that they are totally against, which is the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Because they're operating, the Pharisees, like man is made for the Sabbath. You, you have to get this absolutely 100% correct in all the details. Because they had they had changed the definition. You can't pick a few grains of wheat. Uh, well, right, because that constitutes work. And that's why I said that this is a thousand-year debate on what exactly is work. And so then he even goes further saying the Son of Man is Lord of even the Sabbath. So now he's saying, I have the authority. I invented this. I, I control what you're trying to, to figure out on what doing right. I, I'm, I'm, I control that. It's my idea. This is not going to end well for him. But it is interesting, Jace. He, he gives his human distinction, the son of man. He didn't say, so the son of God is Lord even of the Sabbath. He used his human on earth description to say, I'm still Lord. <laughs> well, I think he's using that, in my opinion, because he's going back to that Daniel reference that they were familiar of. This is, I'm here. Every story that we're reading has this theme of, I'm here. This was predicted. The king is coming. The eternal kingdom is going to be established. I'm here. Because he just said the bridegroom's here. Now he's like the son of man here. So it's an obvious reference to, to me. That's why I said in that illustration that I always use when I'm, speaking to nine Christians, I always start, I hold up the Bible and I say, Genesis to Malachi, Jesus is coming. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus is here. Because that was his emphasis here. I'm here. The time has come. Son of God is here. Acts to Revelation, I'm coming, I'm coming back. Well, what about a physician? Are we not going to heal somebody on the Sabbath? Well, what if he dies? And so they actually in some of their subordinate laws made an allocation to where I tell you what, if a guy's bleeding to death, it's okay <laughs> to put something over the gushing wound. But that's it. 
<laughs> so basically, you're like, in your rules, we're going to give him a shot at survival because we all know he's going to bleed to death. We, we yeah. need to figure out what we need to do for this guy. So it came into this, You what? How, can you help others? They're like, nope, you can't help people because that'd be work. So Jesus, they can't say he's a doctor because he's actually not doing anything. Where was the, the thing about getting his donkey out of the ditch? I mean, well, yeah, that, that's a good one to read. So let me finish reading it. So, so then he said, they were silent. He looked around at them in anger. And look, by the way, this is the only time in the New Testament it ever says Jesus got angry. That's right. Now, there's other instances where he, you know, and he went in the temple and he, he cleared it out because they were keeping people from going inside and turned it into a money deal. But this time it, it says, all right, he's hot. He looked at, around them in anger. And, and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts and said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out and his hand was completely restored. Now you would think there would be some positive moment here. He gave the speech. They don't have an answer because either way they're going to be hypocritical in what they say because the bottom line is Jesus is way ahead of them. He knows what I would have said. I would have concluded, okay, sorry, I'm with you. I would have thought you're the son of God, <laughs> evidently, and you did come up with the that's Sabbath. And I'm sorry. I got you wrong a while ago. The next yeah, verse good. says, the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians, which is a group that they detest, had nothing in common with. They're not even a religious group. They're a political uh, you know, group who, who are being used because they knew if the, if the the only way we're going to be able to kill Jesus is we're going to have some kind of political group who who has the power and authority to do it to do it so they go out and, and are, are buddy buddy with the Herodians who guess what they ain't keeping the Sabbath the Herodians are not not only that they were known for their corrupt sexual behavior and dishonest gain methods yep. so now you're throwing in cahoots with people who doesn't have a moral fiber in their being. And why are you throwing in cahoots with them? So that they might kill Jesus. Yep. All this, right, this let, me stop you right, let me stop you right there. We're out of time. Uh, man, that's, that's rich. But we're going to unpack some of that in our overtime segment. So if you want to follow us over there and hear a little bit more about this, uh, blazetv.com slash unashamed is where we'll talk about that. So we'll see you on the other side. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.